You're listening to a podcast from gravitychurch.com, Lodi, California. Several weeks we have been, um, actually this whole month, we've been talking about this word that many of us throw around pretty cavalier with. The word is love. Um, we've been talking about our ideas of what love is. We've been also talking about our, our ideas of what love isn't. We started off this whole thing by asking ourselves a question of how many times have you looked over the course of your life and remember somebody saying the words to you, I love you, but you knew that they didn't really mean it. You knew that there was some kind of a twist involved in it, or you knew that there was some type of a, of a gotcha or a manipulation, or there was something attached to it that was anything but pure. And almost all of us could relate to that, because at some time in our life, we all have been around the words, I love you, only to know that it really wasn't what it was meant to be. And so we started from there, and we began looking at all of the different teachings that Jesus lays out in Scripture about the word love. We found, we found out that love, at its core, is the very thing that God wants to show us and express to us. And we found an amazing Scripture in 1 John that says that God himself is showing a full expression of his love through us. That God wants to fully express his love through you and me. Now that kind of makes us think about this concept of love in a little different twist. Because if God is love, as we've discovered, and God is in us that call ourselves believers or followers of God. And he's saying, I want to fully express that love through your life. Then there's some things that we need to understand about it. And there's some things that we need to really digest. And we started talking about this concept of mercy started talking about all these different things about love. And last week, we got to the linchpin. We got to where it really, the rubber meets the road, and we started talking about forgiveness. We started talking about how there was the story of this woman in Jesus' day and how he goes into this religious leader's house. And this woman comes up and she begins to weep as she's right next to Jesus And she begins to pour out this really, really expensive perfume. And she is so grateful because she has experienced forgiveness of the things that she's done with her life. And this religious guy doesn't get it. He's looking at her. He's just going, why is she doing this? She's, this woman's a whore. She's lived this horrible life. Why is she even close to Jesus? And he's, he's got all of these judgmental attitudes and he's all these things saying, you know, God would never get close to somebody dirty like this. So this cannot be from God and all of these different things. And Jesus looks at this guy and he's like, look, those who have been forgiven for much, they love much because they wrestle through the reality that Their life has been given something that they couldn't give themselves, and they're full of such gratitude, and they're full of such response to want to do something about that love that's been shown to them. And so we started talking about forgiveness, and we started talking about that forgiveness is really the rhythm of our life, that God desires for you and I to learn how to live in this ability to forgive and to give it and to receive it. And it's, it becomes like rhythm. And we kind of joked around a little bit about what it's like to be at a concert where you're standing next to somebody who's trying to clap their hands and they just don't get it. 
And, it, and it's like the, the drummer's just rocking out and he's playing the downbeat and they're clapping on the upbeat. And it's like everybody around him is just like, oh, dude, you're just making a scene. You know, it's just so obvious when they're offbeat. It's so obvious when they're not keeping the rhythm correctly. And that's how it is in our life when we don't allow forgiveness to flow. Everybody around us notices. It affects our life. All you have to do is get in a conversation with somebody for a few minutes and you'll hear the topics that come out of their life. You'll hear the way that they talk. You'll hear the edge to their voice. And it all revolves around one thing. They're hanging on to something that they can't let go of. And so tonight, we come to this awareness of forgiveness and this awareness of this word love. And we realize that true love, God's love, is shown Wherever forgiveness flows, wherever forgiveness goes, you'll find God. You'll see God. You'll experience God. So tonight we're going to pick up and we're going to go a little bit deeper. If you have your Bibles, look with me at the book of Matthew chapter 18. And we're going to look at another story tonight. Because obviously this isn't heavy enough yet, right? Let's see if we can go a little deeper. Matthew chapter 18, starting in verse 21, says... Then Peter came to him, Jesus, and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, Jesus replied, 70 times seven. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with the servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process... One of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay. So the king ordered that he, his wife, his children, and everything he had be sold to pay the debt. But the man fell down before the king and begged him, Oh, sir, be patient with me and I will pay it back, all of it. Then the king was filled with pity for him and he released him. And forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and jailed until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They, were, they went to the king and they told him what had happened. And then the king called in the man that he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison until he had paid every penny. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters in your heart. Wow. Kind of a heavy story. See, this story starts off with an interaction between Peter and Jesus. Peter and me being a follower of Jesus and, and Peter understanding his culture and understanding the religious law of his day. He comes up to Jesus and Jesus has been talking about all these new ways 
of relating to God and the law that they all lived by, learning a deeper meaning to him. And Jesus kept talking to him about the heart. Jesus kept throwing all these things out there. He'd say, I know you've heard that if somebody commits murder, then X, Y, and Z, he says, but I want to tell you if somebody's even angry in their heart. I know you've heard that if somebody commits adultery, then this is what's going to happen. But I'm telling you, even if you think about it, Jesus keeps blowing them out of the water with all of these deeper meanings to the law and to their understanding. And so Peter thinks he's getting it. He thinks, man, dude, I am king of the class. He comes to Jesus and he's like, Jesus, I know everybody else says that if somebody does something to me, I've got to forgive them like three times. How about if I do it seven times? What do you think, Jesus? And Jesus is like, no. Peter, I want you to forgive so many times that you can't count that high. 70 times seven. In other words, it's not about the number. It's about the choice of of living in a status of forgiveness. Peter was testing Jesus. He was like saying, how far does this whole love thing really go? How far does this thing really take me? How far down the line is it really going to do? And Jesus takes it right to the heart one more time. And he says, love has no end. Love does not stop. Love does not quit after you've expired your number of allowances. He goes right to the heart. And this really is for you and me a problematic thing. Because Jesus then takes that and he tells this story that you and I at the surface would look at and go, well, this guy in the story is an idiot, right? I mean, if you were, if you were in this analogy where Jesus is talking, I want you to picture for yourself the fact that you owed a certain king millions of dollars. Now, how you got into debt that much, I have no idea, but you did it really bad. And you owe this guy millions of dollars, And you go before him and you get on your hands and your knees and you're just like, please, don't throw me in jail. Please, I'll do anything. I'll pay it back. Please, just don't do this. Don't take my family. And the king shows pity on you and says, all right. All right, you don't have to pay it back. Millions of dollars. Think about how much that is. He's like, you don't have to pay it back. And you walk outside and you walk up to your buddy who owes you chump change And you grab him by the throat, and you're like, dude, where is my money? All of us with the same mind would look at that and go, that's wrong, right? That's wrong, right? Nobody's going to let you get away with that without saying something of an injustice. That's wrong, right? You just got let off the hook for millions of dollars, and you're going to go and take advantage of somebody for a few thousand bucks? Is there anybody here tonight that thinks that that's okay? No. And Jesus takes that analogy and he applies it to you and me. He applies it to our life. He says, Jason, you have been forgiven for millions of dollars. You have been forgiven of a debt that was so big that you could never repay it. The sin that you carried in your life was so huge that you could never get rid of it by yourself. And I forgave it. I wiped it out. And all I want you to do is to keep that in the forefront of your mind as you go through life. 
And when somebody does something to you, let the first thought that you have be, God, you have forgiven me for a huge debt. I'll let this go. I'll let this go. Because our offenses that we hold in our heart compared to the debt that we have been forgiven of is minuscule. It's tiny. Now, that's easy for me to say, right? That's not the real world, huh? That's not where we live. Where we live is with abusive people. Where we live is with people that do bad things all the time to us. Where we live is a much different picture. But when I'm talking in those simplistic terms, we can all just go, oh, yeah, okay, that's the way that it is. But what about when you've been abused? What about when you've been lied to? What about when you've been taken advantage of willfully? What about when somebody has done something to you that hurts you like you wouldn't believe? Is it still that simple? No, it's not. And I'd be lying if I said it was sitting here in front of you. So we got to go deeper with this thing because it's not that simple. See, in this story here, Jesus says, this guy goes to the king. And he pleads his case, and the king says, okay, I'll forgive your debt. And then he goes out, and he holds this guy captive and says, I want my money. At the end of the story, the king calls him back, doesn't he? He says, hey, come back here, buddy. Didn't I just let you off the hook for millions of dollars? You know what the king does here? He throws him in prison. And you know what happens to you and me? When we don't let go of the stuff in our heart, we go to prison. It's a different type of prison, but we go to prison. See, in prison, you lose your freedom. In prison, you lose your ability to be yourself. In prison, you lose your ability to come and go as you please. You lose your ability to call the shots of your life. You lose the ability to do whatever you want to do. In prison... You can only do what you're allowed to do. You're only told you can do X, Y, and Z. And when you allow unforgiveness to get a hold of your heart and you don't let it go, you stop being yourself. You stop being the person that you really want to be inside. You go to prison. Now, there's a part of this that is really hard for us to swallow because when I say it in those terms, all of us would say, well, I don't want to go to prison. I don't want to be lose my freedom. I don't want those things. But letting go of something is really hard, isn't it? Letting go of something that's been done to us is really difficult. In, in the Bible in 1 Corinthians, this was one of the first passages we read together when we were talking about this concept of love. It says in 1 Corinthians that love keeps no record of when it has been wronged. Love keeps no record of when it has been wronged. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I have a very bad memory. I go through life, and I love every minute of it, but I can't remember much about yesterday. That's just the way it works for me. It's a good thing, and it's a bad thing. It's a great thing when you don't remember what happened and somebody hurt your feelings because you don't hold a grudge, but it's a bad thing when you can't remember, like, important things like the birth of your children. These are not good things to forget. So, I, but there's pictures. So, you, you go back, but 
I've learned how to deal with this in my life. It's called journaling. And so every so often, I get out a notebook and I write down the events that are going on in my life. Now, mine is a little different than a diary. Mine is actually kind of a prayer journal or a spiritual, spiritual journal where I actually write out my thoughts in my heart, and I actually use it as a way to communicate with God. I tell God what I'm feeling, and I write it out. And I also use it to keep written record of the cool things that are happening in my life. When I have a cool conversation with somebody, and I just sense like God is doing something in that person's life, I write it in my journal because I don't want to forget. I want to go back to that moment, and I want to remember it again. And when I see this scripture where it says, love keeps no record of when it has been wronged, you have to ask yourself, what's the point of writing things down? What's the point of keeping records in your life? It's to remember it, right? It's to bring it back. It's to rehash or relive the moment. If you keep a scrapbook, ladies, and you go through your family photos of vacations and all of the events, and you put them on these nice pages, and you add your little doilies and your little things and all this stuff, it's because you want to open the pages and you want to go back to that moment, right? Well, sometimes you and I do that with the pain and with the anger and with the frustrating things. But love, true love, keeps no record of when it's been wronged. It doesn't write it down. It doesn't keep it. It lets it go. There is a certain amount of satisfaction that comes to the human condition to hold on to something when you've been hurt. I don't like it about myself, and you probably don't like it about yourself. But there's something inside of us that feels justified when we've been hurt or we've been screwed by somebody, and we can hold on to it. And you know what makes it even worse is when other people in our life talk about it and validate it. When they see it in us or they see what's been done to us and they talk and they tell us, oh, how? How do you deal with that? Oh, can you believe so-and-so did that? Oh, can that? they said that again? There's something inside of us that goes, yeah, I'm justified in hanging on to this wrong that's been done to me. I'm justified in hanging on to this event or this situation. And there's something inside of us that almost enjoys it in a small way. But there's a problem with this enjoying feeling. It's killing us. It's killing us inside. You may like the way that it makes you feel validated, but it's killing you. It's killing your emotions. It's killing your identity. It's killing your ability to feel the way that God wants you to feel about life. It's killing you. This last week, um, I had to deal with some unforgiveness in my heart towards somebody. You know, it really sucks to be up here talking about this stuff, and you can't get away from it in your own stuff. I'm not like writing these notes and reading the scripture going, oh, man, really? I got to deal with this? It's like, yeah, you do. Because there was a person in my life that did something to me that hurt, somebody I cared a lot about. And it's not like this person is nice. They're really not a nice person, but we're still friends. And they've done it before. 
And every time I'm just like, oh, here we go again. And I deal with it. I forgive him and we move on. But this last time, it really just got under my skin. And something inside me said, no way. I've already forgiven you way more times than seven, buddy. I am hanging on to this one. And it started growing and it started just kind of staying down, just kind of quiet down inside. But something happened this last week. I was in a conversation with a mutual friend about this person. And they started to mention their name in a derogatory way. And it made me happy. Made me happy to hear them talking about this guy that way. And at that moment, I knew that I was sick. I knew that there was something wrong inside my heart that I would find joy in hearing somebody talk bad about somebody else. And I knew I couldn't go much further without dealing with this thing in my heart. I had to forgive. I had to deal with it. See, this is not cut and dry stuff. This is not something that you just, you read the book and you're just like, oh, I've got my PhD in forgiveness. And you just move on in life. This stuff is a lifelong lesson. Seems like you forgive one person and then somebody else comes along and they do it to you too. But guys, unforgiveness sends you to prison. You lose your freedom. And so tonight as we are looking at this thing, we go back to our model. We go back to our example. We go back to Jesus. We go back to the one who lived a life for us to follow. We go back to his teachings. We go back to his gospel. We go back and say, Jesus, show us how to do this. And we find it when we look for it. Jesus was modeling over and over and over how to love, how to love. And in the heart of all of it was forgiveness. You see, you can't truly show love if you're not able to forgive, you can't do it. They go simultaneously, hand in hand. And Jesus proved it as he was teaching all of these different things. There were so many different passages that I could take you to right now where Jesus just lays it on the line and he just says, you've got to forgive. He even says it as boldly as to say, if you don't forgive others, I won't forgive you. Jesus says that. But the most monumental example that I can find in Scripture that I think just shows us how central it is to the heart of God is in the last moments of Jesus' life. As he's hanging on a cross that you and I in this American culture don't even comprehend the barbaric act that they were per perpetrating on him. And he's hanging on a cross, dying, bleeding to death, and people are laughing they're mocking. They're looking at him going, yeah, we got you now, sucker. I mean, look at you. You're powerless. And he looks at them. And some of the last words he spoke in Luke chapter 23 says, Father, forgive these people because they don't know what they're doing. The last moments of his life when everybody is doing so much injustice, doing so much harm, doing so much intentional pain, infliction on him, he looks at them and says, forgive them. Why? So that you and I would know that in order for us to truly know God and to truly have a relationship with God that is not affected 
with anything in this life, we have to be able to forgive. This room right now is full of people with all kinds of stories and all kinds of backgrounds. And if I were to go room by, or person by person through this room and say, who are you refusing to forgive right now? The, the, the answers would be so all over the place. Some of you are holding on to a grudge from a family member, a father, a mother, a spouse, a friend. Some of you are angry at God. Some of you have looked at your life and you've said, God, I hate you because of what happened. How could you let this happen in my life? That's all over the map. But God is bringing us to an awareness and a reality the fact that if we want to truly live, then we have to truly learn how to forgive. And as I said last week, forgiveness is not a process. Forgiveness is not something that you just day by day get closer and closer to doing it. No, forgiveness is a choice. It's right now. See, this last week when I was wrestling with what I was wrestling with, I didn't have a conversation with the person that I was angry at. I didn't go and see them. I didn't have this long, drawn-out thing. God showed me, Jason, you've got this in your heart. And I had to say, God, I am sorry. And I had to choose in that moment, let it go. I don't want it anymore. Forgiveness is not a process. And many of us have bought into this, this lie that says, okay, over the course of the next year, I'm going to learn how to forgive. No, you need to choose to let it go right now, tonight. Make the choice to let it go because it's killing you. When I was a kid... I love to swim, and we used to, we used to have contests in our local swimming pool, how far we could swim underwater holding our breath. I don't know if any of you guys ever did that, but I mean, we would just get in the shallow end, and we'd there, <laughs> hyperventilate, expand your lungs. I mean, just do everything you possibly do, you know, look at your buddy right there and then go, and just see how many times you could go up and back, up and back in that swimming pool underwater holding your breath because there was just something exhilarating about being able to do that. But you know what we discovered really early on as kids, we're pretty smart, is that if you start to see black and blue colors in your eyes, you've got to go up for air. It's, you, you've been under a little too long. And then when you look over at your buddy, it's a contest, right? Who's going to stay under the longest? Who's going to hold their breath and who's going to go to the top first? And you just sit there until you're just almost unconscious because you don't want to go first. You know, some of us here tonight, we've been holding our breath for so long that we're barely alive. We're trying to function in our marriages. We're trying to function in our relationships. We're trying to do the things that we know we should be able to do, but our heart's not working right anymore. We don't care like we used to. We snap at people. We're uptight. We just don't care. And we don't know why. And if I were to ask you what's the matter, you would be able to, you would say, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with me. Well, let me just tell you what's going on with you. There's somebody in your life that you will not forgive. And I know it's bad. I know it's horrible. I know the things that have been done to us are not pretty to look at. But it's killing you. It's killing you tonight. God wants for us to be able to let it go.
Many of us have a problem with that because we think that when we let something go, we let that person get away with whatever they did. Forgiveness isn't for them, it's for you. Forgiveness is for you. See, if I were to say, how many of you guys want to love? How many of you guys want to, God is love, love. Everybody's like, oh, love is so great. I love, love, love. No. How many of you want to forgive? Because true love is shown through forgiveness. True love is shown through forgiveness. So tonight, some of us want, but we aren't going to run. We're not going to run from our stuff. We've run long enough. So tonight, we're going to do something different than run away from our stuff. Tonight, we're going to run to God with our stuff. We're going to give it to him. We're going to make a choice to lay it down and forgive. I can't twist your arm behind your back tonight. I can't make you do anything that you don't want to do. Because ultimately, this is between you and God. It's not between me and you and God. I may only be in your life for a few months but God, he'll be with you for the rest of your life. So don't make this about me. We're going to come tonight. And we're going to do something that we do every week. We're going we're to come to these tables that have bread and juice set out. And those of you that have been around the religious world know that we call this communion. And we're going to do a couple things simultaneously. The first thing is we're going to sing and open up our hearts to God through worshiping him with some songs and allow him to just take us to a place that we need to be as we respond to what we've just heard and respond to what he is speaking to us right now. And as we come and take this bread, which represents the body of Jesus that was broken for us, and as we dip it in this juice, which represents the blood that he so willingly and freely gave for us, we're going to simultaneously say, God, thank you for what you did for me to show forgiveness to me. And then we're going to say the name of the person that we need to forgive. And we're going to make a choice to let it go. I'm going to have the guys from the band, Johannes, come back up and they're going to, they're going to play some more music for us. And as we come, there's going to be a few people that are going to take their communion and they're just going to sit up here on these steps. And they're sitting here for you. Because there's some of you here tonight that you need to vocalize whatever the name of that person is that right now you do not want to say. And I've asked a few people just to come up here and sit and just put their arm around you and just say the simple words, what's the name? So that you can pray together and you can let forgiveness flow in your life again. See, forgiveness is that rhythm that we talked about. When it operates, everybody and everything is right. But when we stop that forgiveness from flowing in our life, it's like somebody stopped the song and everybody notices. And it's hard for it to get going again. So I'm going to pray for you, and then we're going to sing, and I'm going to have you come. Lord, tonight, we just ask that God, that as we get ready to receive... You've been listening to GravityChurch.com.